Before we start this episode, I thought I'd tell you that I've got a new book out. Yes, another one. This one is to help coaches supercharge their coaching capability through reflective journaling. Coaching Journal, a guide and journal, walks you through the process by, well, providing you with a guide and some structured reflective models. So pop over to Amazon and get this quick, practical and insightful book today to start your journey towards a more successful professional practice. What would you put in your backpack if you had a new coaching engagement but could only take a limited number of items? Each week, The Coach's Backpack looks at the multifaceted world of coaching and asks a new guest to tell us what they would take with them and why. Hi, I'm David Lowe, and this week we're taking a peek inside the backpack of Casey Corsello. Welcome, Casey. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited to learn. So first challenge, Casey, is how would you describe what you do in under 20 words? That is a challenge. Essentially, I am a coach. I work with entrepreneurs and business owners, and I think of myself as a catalyst for passion and purpose, and I support the human side of business owning and really um, working with entrepreneurs to connect to a vision and really shift their business from surviving to thriving. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for that. So here is the main challenge. You've been asked to coach a new client, but you are limited to what you can take with you. So don't worry, you have your essentials, you've got your clothes and your toothbrush. And in addition, you can take one book, one tool, technique, concept, method or approach, one other item of your choice, plus a person from the past or the present to accompany you. So Casey Corsello, what and whom are you taking and why? Okay, so the book I'm taking is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. And the reason why I'm taking that is because I read the book after I had visited Rome, Italy for the first time. And I connected with the journey in The Alchemist. And Rome was the first time that I moved far away from my family. And it was very unconventional to move there. And it really opened me up to having a dream and having the courage to live that dream. Okay, so it's one of the books that I've heard of but not read. There are many mm. of those. Can you give us a summary? Well, essentially, it's about um, a young man. He meets an, an alchemist, and it was about his dream to go to the pyramids. And um, he wasn't even sure how he would get there. And what, what happens is that it just shows the synchronicities that there are in life. You know, when you have a dream and a vision, his journey, he get, it gets him off of his path. Things come up in, in, along the way. It seems like he's not going to get there. And in the end, he gets there because he's so clear with that vision and that dream. For me, it was a catalyst to move to Rome, which I had never intended to do. But there was something that sparked inside of me and, and was like, wow, I could live here. And it, it is about sort of listening to your heart, essentially, and then believing that it can happen. And that's how I've lived my life. And that's how I, you know, work with my clients. It's a short book as well. But it was one right. of those books that was just very applicable to me moving to Rome because it didn't make sense. I left a job and my family was like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it just wasn't a conventional path. 
for me to leave a job and that I had worked really hard and it was, it was a career, but I wasn't, I didn't feel fulfilled in what I was doing and was ready for an adventure. And Italy for me was formative in everything that I do now, because it was, I didn't know the language. I was a, I call myself a little country mouse. I never lived in a city. I didn't take public transport and everything was out of my comfort zone. And I remember after, you know, being there for four days, sitting in that apartment in the city of Rome, looking out like a cat, <laughs> I, I, cause I couldn't leave. I just felt really paralyzed with fear. And then my nephew, who was five at the time, he gave me these wise words and said, you know, if, when we do things that we're afraid of, sometimes we find that we like it. That for me was the catalyst, right? To move beyond the fear, get out of my comfort zone and get on the bus. And I got off the wrong bus stop, but it was okay. Like I didn't, I didn't die, which is, you know, the fear goes to the worst case scenario. So it became a practice of being uncomfortable and being okay with that because I was learning and growing. And there was so much freedom in that, in that process. So what else are you going to put in your backpack? One of the things you talked about, and this goes along the same line, is is my vision or vision itself. Vision is an important piece in our journey, because if we don't have this idea or this, I I guess it's an outlook, right? It's a, a way to move towards something. It can feel disempowering, you know, some of the challenges. And vision lives in sort of state of abundance, which means it's not scarcity, right? Scarcity tends to be either or. Scarcity is comes from fear. Scarcity is like not enough, not enough time or money or resources. And abundance, even in the, that mindset, is that we, it's an infinite possibilities. It, it, it's inspiration. It's passion. It's motivation. It's purpose. Um, all of those things that really allow um, us to take the little steps forward, right? If we're inspired by this vision, then we can do the hard things. We all have a vision, we all have it, right? It's because it, it's something that we're not often um, taught, right? Because we're taught in more of the doing part of life and it, we're always discounting or counting ourselves out of how it can't happen versus how it can. Mm. And there's something about giving ourselves permission or even, you know, when I work with, with clients as a coach, it's, it's permission to explore, to be curious, to step into um, the space of possibility. And part of it is sort of unlearning the automatic of, oh, how this is, this is not possible. Right. Mm. And when we are in that space, it is vulnerable it's vulnerable. So it's vulnerable because we don't want to be disappointed. Mm. The barriers we put up for ourselves. Exactly. Those barriers. So it is about having courage to just envision it or, or explore, explore. And we never, we never get taught this at school, do we? They never teach our kids to Imagine the unimaginable is a phrase I like. I've, I've got that stuck above the kitchen door in my house, which has been there for a few years. And it always makes me smile when I look at it. I love that. Imagine the unimaginable. Right, right. Because we, we're conditioned in limit, limitations, right? I feel like that is a bit intentional and purposeful because 
we need the cogs in the wheel in the society, right? Like, but imagine, imagine what would happen if everyone was in the unimaginable, right? How things could, could change. Even if we were a cog, surely, if we're imagining how much better we could make that cog in the process, if we all made it that much better. Right, well, look, I feel that we could talk about this forever and we're encouraging each other to, to bring down civilizations by having all of the cogs start to, to live their dreams. So we should move on before the state comes and imposes a, a blackout on our podcast. So what else are you taking? You've got, I believe you have another item and the person to tell us about. Is that right? Right. So another item is music, not particular music, but music in the way that has my body move. Music in my experience is it's a it's a gift it's a gift and it's a way to bring in inspiration and even uh moving allows for energy to um like if there's anything stagnant or stuck it's a way to kind of uh, physically move beyond fear um for me it's also visceral it can elicit emotion it's a way for me to process things and um my father's a musician. Um, he plays five instruments. He plays strings, but his latest thing is that he's he plays the fiddle, and he does it in a way of uh, a lead electric guitar, which is so amazing. Um, and when I watch him, really, and when I watched him throughout our whole our whole life, when he's playing, he's in a zone, and I think of that as like he's really connected to something bigger than himself. And there are moments that I think that he's going to spontaneously combust because he's just fiddling and he's just so into it. And, and really it is, it's a way that he expresses his, his passion and his purpose. And um, so I've had, I had that growing up and sometimes when I hear him play, I, I start to cry because I'm just, that's what music can do for me because I know that people are so connected to their it feels like a channel. It's like I can touch it when someone is in that space of, of magic or what have you. It's almost like a different dimension. Uh, music has such a strong emotive effect on people. Yes. When we allow it to. Sometimes it catches us, right? Where you're like, you kind of feel that burning inside. and And then, you know, I think we're kind of, we're taught to just put it down, right? And when it can be expressed, either maybe with, with a cry or just like allowing whatever to come come up, there's so much freedom in that release. And I know many people would say biggest significant or the most significant invention that we've had recently is the internet. And I know the internet is the foundation on what I'm about to say, but having streaming music, being able mm -hmm. to know we have a we have an account where my kids can type in pretty much anything and listen to it what yeah. we would have given for that as kids say eh? exactly I remember again coming back to my dad he had this this there was a music club kind of um where you could they would send out a catalog and it would be like all the discs you know at the time when they had cds and you would you could order 10 right but you had to pick 10 every month and I just loved it so much and I would, um, there was, I, I loved Queen growing up. And again, like the connection to full expression, right? I think of Freddie Mercury and the way that he expressed himself. So it was, it, 
as a, I don't know, I think I was 12 or 13. It was a journey for me. And I think for me, the thing that really lights me up in life is when people are fully expressed, they're fully being themselves. You know, it's like this authenticity thing, but it it becomes a gift, right? However it is that your gift is and how you express it through music and, you know, musical performance and writers and, and especially like Freddie was not afraid to be himself, right? It was inspiring, especially as like a teenager, right? Of like trying to figure out who I am, but to see someone who is unapologetically themselves, but also giving of themselves in a way to, to dance or to sing along or to, you know, all of their music is, it is a journey. It's like the hero's journey. You listen to an album and there's a hero's journey there, right? You know, you have the ballads and the celebrations and um, we are the champions and I loved Queen. I still do. I still do. I would love to see a video of your dad and his fiddle. There is a video of him. Yeah, I'll, I'll look for it. Good. Well, we shall put the video of your dad playing his fiddle in the next newsletter. So your backpack is full now, but you've still got the person who's going to accompany you. I loved that question. And it's, you know, you think of anyone. I want to say who came to mind first, but not who I'm choosing. So I wanted to take both of the Obamas, Michelle and Barack, just because they really inspire me, not only because of what they individually do, but who they are as a couple. And um, you're now going to choose one of the the Obamas. Right. Well, I'm not taking them and I am choosing Uh a child. I'm taking my daughter with me and I'm taking her because she is my teacher. You know, she's at the age that I was when I discovered Queen, right? And what's reflected back to me is my, often my own childhood. And with the information that I have now is that I can parent her in a way that allows her to be fully expressed. I don't do it all the time. This is where my learning comes in because of course there's so much love there, like truly unconditional love. And I also recognize the conditions when I have expectations and she doesn't show up in the way that I think she should. And her journey is about being who she is. You know, she as she's very curious, she's very compassionate. She has a very strong sense of justice. She is for the underdog, right? She is an animal lover and she's just she sees when someone is not treated the way that is fair. And so that was me. That was me at that age. I just didn't know what to do with those feelings because sometimes they felt uncomfortable or sometimes I was made to feel wrong about whatever it was. And so for me, it's the opportunity to hold space for her to be in the exploration of what it means to be herself fully that feels uh, like a, an honor for sure. And it also allows for my own learning because sometimes I show up in ways that are afraid and then it can stifle her or she picks up on my own fear. And she's an excellent barometer for me and she inspires me. Well, and I feel like we're going to have to have a little bit of space in the backpack for her. So you can ask her after this what she'd want to put in the backpack if she could only take one item but yeah she can have one item you can tell us what it is and I'll put it in the show notes okay I will great well look your backpack is now fully packed and you've got your daughter to accompany you now sometimes our backpack isn't packed fully by us 
So someone might have put an item in there or a something in there that you don't want to be in there. So what is the one item you would not want to find in your backpack? I will not be taking judgment. I will not be taking judgment. And I will take, in, in place of judgment, it will be discernment, which I think is important so that I, if I'm on an island and there's certain berries that maybe I'm not supposed to be eating, it's more like, okay, maybe just stay away. The judgment is not necessary because the judgment comes from fear and it, um, it skews my vision. I'm not able to see things clearly. All I can think of is, is song. I know we've talked about music for so long. All I can think about uh, is song. So I can see clearly now it's just popped into my head. It's not, it's not it helping popped the into focus. mine too. It popped into mine too. Yep. All right. There we go. Okay. Well, the final question you're all packed you've made sure that that's not in the backpack the final question is where do you hope you are or are not going on this fictional gig i it's it's hard to say i i can't you know i i think of where i where i'm going um it's doesn't really look any different than where i am i think what it is is making um i think what it looks like is just making a bigger impact touching more people um I think being, I mean, I definitely, you know, I had, I had a dream. There's a funny story that um, I thought I was a good singer. And then I tried to sing something with my dad and somebody in the drummer's like, don't quit your day job. And um, <laughs> I happened, I happened to have, I was not, um, I was I'm not fully um, in my mind. I had a couple of uh, adult beverages and then I started to cry but um, for me, I, I it, it's important to shine my light and I will be unapologetic about it, just like Freddie Mercury, you know, his presence on stage was captivating. And I have that. I know I have that, um, except for my craft is, um, it's not singing. It, I think it's speaking or it's just really kind of just being, um, and, 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 and offering a presence. Um, but I do have a vision to impact as many people as I can in a way that um, is the catalyst for them to really step into their own, um, their own light and vision and to be fully expressed themselves. Freddie, yeah. but in your own style. Yeah. And, and the song, it's a kind of magic. Um, it's always, it's, it's like, I feel like that's the soundtrack that plays in, the, in, in my mind in my day to day. And I just like, I'm hearing the beat right now. It's um, yeah, the inspiration of Queen and Freddie. Casey, it's been fascinating talking to you. If people want to know more about Casey Corsello, where can they go? Well, they can go to the interwebs. <laughs> you can find me at caseycorsello.com. You can find me on LinkedIn and my Facebook page, which is Casey Corsello Integrative Coaching. And um, you can find me on, on uh, YouTube as well. I, I did a TED Talk um, on curiosity. So Brilliant. Well, we shall put all of those links in the show notes so people can find out more about you. Thank you very much for being a guest on The Coach's Backpack, Casey Corsello. This has been awesome. Thank you, David. And thank you for joining us on this episode of The Coach's Backpack. 
If you would like extra goodies, such as free tools, offers, further info about our guests, and maybe even the old peek inside their actual backpack, sign up to our mailing list at thecoachesbackpack.com. And don't forget to follow the podcast. See you next time.